love her in to the arms of the coming storm. Sally on through the times into which you are born. Simple motion keeps the rust from your wheels. Satisfied with the light that a new day brings. Just don't care for those shining things. Her emotions reserved for something real. defense appeals so the cruel heart slips the wedge of steel between the ribs of the gentle hearted one turned away from the sun oh yeah what the fool found in his bed was no lover or the well known horse's head Letter from her saying, darling, better off without you. All right. the fool found in his bed was no lover of a well-known horse's head letter from her saying darling not better off without you i'm better off better off without you i'm better off Horse's head. Unreal. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Men's Mental Health Hour. Uh, what a great start to the show and a big welcome back to Matt Tonks. Thanks, mate. Um, means a great deal to me. And uh, from all accounts, um, everybody uh, from last week and, and through the week uh, that's called me has, uh, has said uh, how impressed they were, mate. It's great. Brilliant. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, today, I'm, I'm, I'm welcomed by uh, a chap, a real character, uh, Chris. Cyrus, uh, is that how we say the yep, surname? The, the tattooed tradesman, and I've got to say, he is tattooed. That's for sure. It's uh, it's great to have you here, mate. Thank you for Thank coming you along, and thanks, Matt. And Pleasure. willing to uh, be prepared to share your story. Um, just before we go, as uh, as I do every week, folks, I do my little disclaimer. Um, I uh, I do think that uh, Beyond Blue and um, Lifeline are, are terrific foundations, so they are there to help. But as always, um, it is with my opinion uh, that your first port of call should be to your GP. And uh, there are some GPs that aren't across mental health. Uh, so make sure you find one that is. Um, because really, your GP is the only person who can establish a mental health plan. Outside of that, uh, if things are getting a little bit too much and um, 
you know of someone or you're with someone or, you know, Triple uh, O, the paramedics are exceptional, um, you know, and I can speak from experience there. Um, today's show is brought to you, of course, uh, by Noel Pope, who's my main uh, sponsor. And uh, Noel's just sold the Lawson News Agency. Uh, I think he used to do about 60 or 70 hour weeks. <laughs> and he's off to Europe. So I um, hope you and Deb have a lovely time, Noel, and uh, thanks for uh, getting behind the Men's Mental Health Show. Also, too, uh, just come on board is, of course, your very good mate, Building Services, uh, Cal Hunter, who, of course, is one of the Kazakanes who was uh, with us last week. 0414-517-520. And Watson Insurance Brokers, uh, my cousin. Good on you, Toots. Uh, thanks, mate, and his lovely wife, Natasha. Uh, you can get in touch with them, business insurance brokers, really, uh, www.watsontc.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, terrific bloke, Toots. Good on you, Tess. Thanks, mate. Um, Reeves Property Group down there in Manly. And Brazen Growth, of course, who have a do coming up on the 27th of September behind the smile. Alini Salakis uh, is who you get in touch with there, 0403 There's all that stuff that's uh, in regards to that on my page, Facebook page. And I want to say a special thing out to Andrew Hassel, who's going through a bit of a hard time, young fella. He's only uh, 15. And... Um, yeah, he, uh, he's just fa he's finding things a little bit tough at the moment. But the great thing is he's uh, recognised the signs. He's got a terrific family. Um, and uh, so, mate, uh, big sing out, buddy. Uh, wishing you lots of love. And uh, if I was with you, mate, I'd give you a big hug. Um, but uh, I'll give you a call later in the day to check on you and see how you are. All the best, Sam, for looking after him. So, yeah, getting back to today, I, I, I'm pumped to have you guys both here. Um, it, it seems a little less crowded, of course. Uh, yeah. I think we'll be able to fit everyone in in the photo. I had to sort of cut some heads out last week. I uh, felt kind of strange. I think one of my sponsors, Cal, missed out. Ooh. But, um, yeah, so, Chris, uh, thanks, mate, um, for coming on. I, I, I know that uh, you sent me a bio that... Um, yeah, you, you, you were sort of like, where do I start? Yeah, uh, my just, finger was pretty sore by the end of that text. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might have had a bit of RSI. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you emigrated, like many of us. I, I came over in 79 from New Zealand. You came over here in 82 from the UK, is that right? Yeah, correct. I came over with my family, yeah. uh, two sisters and mum and dad, right. and moved to Bondi first up. And Good spot. That, it was raining and it stunk of gas because there was a lot of gas leaks around Bondi in the early 80s. And the first thing my dad wanted to do is get back on the plane and go home. <laughs> yeah, right. So Which part of England were you from? Yeah, from Sussex, yeah, down the south coast, not right. far from Southampton where the old Titanic took off from. And, mm. yeah, decided up and up and leave Australia, to come to Australia. They wanted to do it years ago when the £10 bombs were coming. But we were only a young family and they thought, mum and dad thought, well, I'd best grow up in England a bit and then go over to Australia. But on hindsight, they should have done it then, back in the late 60s. Yeah, right, right. And and so when you came over, you how long were you in Bondi for? Oh, I was in Bondi for about uh, five, six months, right. uh, through the winter coming into spring. Hey, do you mind if I... How old were you when you came to Bondi? I was 10 years old. Okay, so you were 10, right. Yeah, just about yeah. to turn 11. Right. Yeah, so you have very good memories of it, obviously. And, yeah, you know. great memories of England, but um, not good memories. Yeah. Um, I used to love the snow, mm. um, so that's why, hence I live where I live now. It's nice and cold. Mm. Uh, but yeah, memories from childhood wasn't too good growing up. Uh, I had a parent that was mentally ill mm. and very, um, very difficult treatment she had 
um, over many years. Kim, can I can I ask a little bit about that? Like yeah, when sure. you say it was difficult um, having a parent that was um, that had a mental illness. Mm. Um, what, what what were some of the things? I mean, what what was a typical day? Of, I mean, obviously, I, I understand yeah. that they can be quite sporadic at times. With yeah, well, mood swings. For the first couple of years, <clears throat> I only saw my mum from the back, laying down in her bed with long hair. Um, until I was about, from early memories, until I was about two and a half, three years old. Mm. Uh, my sister and my other sister brought me up along with my dad. And, of course, my mum would, when she was feeling good, you know, sort of bath me and feed me and all the rest of the stuff. But I never really had, a, you know, any real connection to my mum until she did connect with me. And she used to connect in a very violent way, um, mm. very cruel way. And I didn't understand when I was a kid what it was all about. And I was getting mixed messages because she'd feel real guilty you know, after she'd beat me or kick me or strangle me or whatever you want to do with me. I imagine um, there's a lot of verbal in there as well. Uh, a lot of verbal, yeah, a lot of a lot of verbal um, putting down, but the physical yes. and isolation, being locked under stairs and, you know... It's horrible, mate. Yeah, it's it's not, not good. And then, of course, having the mixed messages of, oh, I'm so guilty, I'm sorry, come here, yeah. I'll give you a hug. I was some, Someone was yeah. treating me really bad and then hugging me and loving me, and it just... For a long, long time when I was growing up and getting into relationships, yeah. I really found that really tough to work out. I, I mean, the, the only thing, I, I guess, if you want to sort of associate with it, is like a puppy. When you tell a puppy that's done something wrong, mm. you know, and it's, and it's you know, it's, it's done its business on the carpet and you mm. tell it, you see, the first thing the puppy does is it cowers. It, mm. it, it crawls down yeah. to the ground and it, and it shrinks into almost a fetal position. Mm. And, mm. And mate, I, I, I can imagine that's probably a similar way of how you would have been a lot yeah. of the time in a fetal position and through your childhood up until... It was, it was pretty, pretty tough. Um, and then, of course, so I had school years from five through to ten, so I only spent five years at school. But I remember the last few years I never went to school. I was sort of like homeschooled because I got expelled right. from school for something I'd done. I can't even remember what it was... But I used to always get in trouble at school. I was I was diagnosed with having dyslexia and being hyperactive. I had to wear the, I think at the time they were called Henderson glasses, and they were rose-coloured glasses right. to balance out the muscles in the back mm. of the eye. Right. And I was one of the first students to have them in, in our county, and right. uh, it didn't help me in any way no. at all. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that's acting out. I mean, that's completely mm. normal. Mm. Um, you know, for 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 a child that's gone through such as you yeah. did, you know. Like, I suppose I had, I've, I suppose it would have been five years of my life when I was young where it was really every day, day in, day out, being um, beaten, uh, chased, and believe it or not. It's, it, sounds, it sounds bad when you talk about it, uh, but when I got older, um, through my late teens and early 20s, I started to understand my mum's condition, and my mum's condition was... Um, very hard to treat. Uh, she had a lot of EC, ECT in England. She went through the deep sleep therapy. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, of course not through Chelmsford out here, but through uh, Gradingwell in England, a, a hospital in England, mm -hmm. through uh, a gentleman who pioneered it, a William Sargent, a psychiatrist called William Sargent. And he was mm -hmm. one of her very first guinea pigs, I suppose, for the deep sleep therapy. Yeah. And she had a lot of that. But uh, as, as I got older and as she got older, we sort of connected a little bit more in a loving way, mm -hmm. not so much a physical way. Um, 
and the last 10 years of my mum's life, I was there for her virtually every day. Mm. So, yeah. we, we said our, you know, goodbyes and, and our, we forgave each other about what happened when we were young. That was um, a really light bulb moment for my mum to have her to say, do you forgive me for how I brought you up? Yeah. And I said, well, technically I was brought up with good morals, but I was just brought up under a, an iron fist. Yeah. yeah. How old were you when your mum passed? I was 38 when my mum passed away. Yeah, so about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, she passed away with uh, bone cancer, which is secondary. Oh, my goodness. From yeah. uh, from kidney cancer. Oh, the pain, that, that would have been just well, horrible. It's mate. funny, Brad, the last, I suppose, five years of my mum's life, her mental health was really good, but then her physical health let her down. That, yeah. So it's cruel, really. It, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, was, was her mental health improved because of advanced treatments or better treatments or no i don't think it was an understanding i think she had the mental health issues and she had um treatment resistant depression which is what i have Uh, hers was very um it was in the 70s and 60s it was like oh what do we do with this person we're giving her drugs and she she's not responding so um in the later years, the more modern medications like Prozac and Zoloft did help her. Yeah. But I think just living with it for all those years and then having to deal with, I've got cancer, right. mm. believe it or not, it sort of like put that in the sort of it, background. It, it <laughs> yeah. can do that. Yeah. 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 Having something else to distract you mm. is, a, is a good thing. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's really quite funny you say that because... Um, you know, I had a, a suicide attempt, which I've made quite clear for five years ago. I've been quite, uh, I guess, um, acute with my depression for the last five years, right. quite bad. I've been in and out of many clinics. And since having this show, it's, give, it's really given me another lease or, uh, you know, a new foundation of, of life. Different direction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I suffer a lot from pain, having, you know, uh, compression fractures to the neck and, and also on my face with several plates. But... The distraction from, uh, you know, the, the concentration of putting the time and getting back to everyone and, and listening to, to people like yourself and, and Matt and, and the guys I had last week and everybody else has been quite therapeutic for me. And I, and I imagine your mum found that very much the same. Mm. I think your mum had, had probably maybe a very similar upbringing herself. Mm-hmm. However, it, does, it, it doesn't give an excuse. No. But... You know, when you say the forgiveness that you gave your mum, that would have meant the world to no, her, Chris. Yeah, it did. Um, and, and not just to you, to your sisters. Mm. Um, kudos to you, mate, because mm. it, there's a lot of uh, people out there, and I guess this is something that we can all learn from, that forgiveness is it's not, a, it's not necessarily a difficult thing. No. But, you know, it, it can be very, very soothing. Um, you know, and, and if you forgive somebody, in fact, you'll find that you're forgiving yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Or you're freeing yourself from that incredible, I don't know, whatever it is, resentment, bitterness yeah. against someone. Yeah, hostility, yeah. Yeah, it's such a powerful bind on, on life. Mm. I think forgiveness, uh, along with the art of giving, are, are two extremely powerful things, you know. I think they're assets. I call them well, assets. we're losing like it today, I know that much. Yeah. With, the, with the youth that's growing up today, it's just—I wouldn't want to be growing up in today's society. You know, no, being it's, it's a young, tough, early it? teen, preteen, around about now. On yeah. these things, well, so you're saying there's, the there's very quick judgment 
very quick decisions made well, up. You know, you read the newspaper every day or you see news and there's kids going out on the streets or whatever or nightclubs, when I say kids, you know, like middle teens, and they're attacking police. They're attacking frontline emergency service personnel. Mm. Mm. What chance does the average person, bystander, walking past? And that's why you're getting those one punch, mm. yeah. you know, cow punch, uh, yeah. that's what's happening all around. It's yeah. terrible. It is. I think, um, you know, we, we also have to consider the fact that, uh, you know, there's more binge drinking, I think, today. Yeah. Well, the lockout um, laws create that, don't they? Yeah, well, they do. Um, I think that the, the, the effect that that drug ice is having is, is enormous. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think the police are trying to do their best in, in regards mm. to that. Mm. But, um, but I'll bring it back to the parents too. Yeah. Like, uh, Absolutely, I'm not making Parents will say to kids, oh, don't take drugs, they're bad for you. Oh. Yeah. And, of course, when they take them, they feel fantastic. Yeah. And they're saying, hang on, mum and dad have been lying to me. The whole time. That's so, so they go off and rebel even more. Mm. Mm. I, I was mm. with a... When I was married, I've been married a few times. Mm. Uh, my last uh, wife, she had two daughters that she brought up, and she said, "If you want to get into drugs, you do it under my roof, yes, under my supervision, and not mm. anywhere else." Which they did, and yeah. they've turned out to be two beautiful girls. And yeah, yeah, she was, you know, she had a head screw on because she went through the same thing. Yeah, you know, being told, "Oh, drugs are bad," rah, 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 and she found out it was at yeah. the end. And she wanted to do that differently for her two girls. See, I'm 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 uh, I'm in agreement of that, and, and and my ex-wife is is slightly different with her opinion. But, and I'm not saying that her opinion is wrong. In fact, you know, as a mum, I I, I I don't think you have a right really to no. to argue with a mum no. a lot of the time because they do, they do probably know what's best. But yeah. you know, they it, I guess uh, you know I don't mean to say anything detrimental towards her, but uh, you know she might see it as encouragement, um, you know, if I say something like that. But really, you know, I think it's... What's your... I mean, you've got three kids, Matt. We spoke last week. Yeah. What? What's your... How do you approach it? Well, I think I would say that drugs have played a huge role in modern society that mm. we don't acknowledge. You know, it's always being swept under the carpet. It's never talked about. It's always a law enforcement thing. So you have pill testing, you know, um, which I think is an excellent idea to have pill testing at festivals. But you can get because there. kids are yeah. going to do it anyway. That's right. So everyone was horrified to find that 80% of the kids that turned up to a pill testing trial recently, I think it was in Melbourne somewhere, were under 18. Right. Right. Oh, oh shock horror! But come on. You know, let's be real about this and <laughs> let's try and help kids to make choices. I mean, they know that drugs do certain things. Good, bad, whatever. When you say drugs are bad, as a parent, you'd say, look at what drugs can lead to mm. if it eclipses your horizon and everything else is taken away, mm. you know. If you're not in the right mind to make an informed decision about what you're doing if he's getting swept along by peers or whatever this mm. is what i would say to my kids and have you know said mm. sometimes as a parent you're not very... as articulate as you might be because you're all emotional it's yeah. like don't take drugs they'll ruin you <laughs> yeah. you know i just basically would say to my kids try try and have an understanding of where you are in a certain situation yeah. don't make rust decisions yeah 
whatever you do, you know, just be yeah. responsible for yourself and those around you and those that love you. Remember that the people that love you, you know, they're carrying you in their hands mm. and in their hearts. Mm. I mean, it's that stage in your life where it really it's, it's the experiment stage. You're learning about driving, you're learning about nightclubs, you're mm. learning about sex, you're mm. learning about... You know so many things so you're just really going through that stage where it's an exciting part of your life and mm. it's an experimental part of your life i think that um you make a, an excellent point um in regards to you know i guess giving your children what effectively i find from what you're saying is, is not so much leaving so much an onus on them but as a, as a responsibility within themselves and making a decision mm. i think it's probably mm. in a nutshell mm. and i think what you're saying is also a good idea is to you know you're not you know, disagreeing with what Matt's saying. Yeah. If it's going to happen, do it under my roof. I don't, you know, because I think, you know, I, I've always found that when you talk about drugs, it's the same as the law of gravity, you know, and what goes up comes down, right. you know, mm. and uh, they, they come off of a lot of these things is, you won't want to do it again <laughs> a lot of the time, you know, mm. I mean, that's my memory from back in my 20s when, mm -hmm. you know, when well, particularly yeah. I was trying the, not well, LSD or ecstasy, that was horrible coming off those things. I mean, it took days, mm. days getting over that stuff. Was, my, you know. my dad gave me his pipe when I was about five or six years old. He came home from work. He said, put this in your mouth. Up. <laughs> <laughs> in my mouth and he pressed it into my stomach. Oop. And I went, <laughs> and drew in this huge mouth of smoke and it was coming out of my eyes and my ears. And he looked at me and he says, you will never, ever smoke. Yeah. <laughs> You haven't? Never taken drugs, never drank alcohol. Did you ring a bell or something as well? So that talk, and you've never done that? Never done drugs, never smoked, never drank alcohol, ever. There you go. You've never done that? No, it looks like I do. What do you mean it looks like you do? Well, exactly. Okay. Yeah, being covered in tattoos is sort of a double-edged blade sort of thing. In society, I've been asked, hey, mate, do you score? I said, what? Do you have drugs yourself? I said, no. Or, you know, Because you look. Like are, you, are you with the angels? Or? Yeah, yeah, I've had that all, yeah. all the time and stuff like that. And then the other thing is, you know, people sort of like give you a wide berth on the street sometimes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, but they've my my ink work on me. I've, I've got most of my body covered. Um, has sort of protected me from situations. Yeah. Because uh, people either don't want to get yeah. into an argument with someone that's got tattoos on their head right. <laughs> or whatever. Let's talk further about this. This, yeah, this stigma yeah. around. It's it. still a yeah. stigma. There's like I remember. When I was growing up in England, there was a, well, so I suppose a young guy, he was probably in his 30s, yeah. and he had a completely tattooed one arm. And he, I, we sort of used to, I used to hang around him. Yeah. My mum and dad must have known him and sort of befriended him. And he said to me once, he said, if you ever get tattoos, choose once and choose wisely. Yeah. So um, I've always choose wisely. So I chose. Chose wisely. You went with the latter. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've had, I've got all my tattoos, I haven't regretted. Except my first wife, I had her name tattooed over my stomach, very much like Tommy Lee. Right. Um, and that was all right while I was married. Yeah. <laughs> but when we divorced, I, I've got to get it covered up. So I've got it covered right. up with a big Celtic dragon and it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Might just uh, hold it there. You want to um, give us something, Matt? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, um, you know. Sure. If, if you, yeah, you want to give us a bit of a back... Have you got a background behind? Well, yeah, this one... Um, This is a song that uh, I realised when I was driving over here, I thought I've written a lot of songs about relationships, when that's not unusual for a no. songwriter, but um, quite
quite often I take the women's perspective. And I think... What do you mean when you say that? You're well, quite often when I'm writing a song, I'm, I'm not particularly s telling the story through a, the woman's mouth, mm. but... Um, but you're taking her side on things? Or I think I'm trying to get into the mind of what... They're thinking? ...the other side of relationship is. Okay. You know? That's good. Mm. And trying to second-guess my reactions to okay. that or make sense of what I feel, you know, within a relationship. Awesome. So this one... Awesome. This one is... Um, it's called The Great Escape. And uh, it's basically about being with someone who you just kind of get the feeling that they don't want to be there yeah. for whatever reason yeah. and it goes on and on and on and then suddenly it's like this is this can't continue you know yeah. i have I, to say I that um, i haven't that. i haven't yeah. i don't you know as far as i know I, I'm, I'm not in that kind of relationship oh, darling I, please I, I, no <laughs> I, I i was in a very similar that it, you know, anyway <laughs> could make my baby happy And I wouldn't be surprised if my baby up and left me Never thought I'd lay awake Wondering where you got to Never thought I'd need to question those dark eyes Maybe you're always lonely Maybe when we talked you said nothing at all Maybe you were tired of fooling I know you thought about leaving you long Stop believing you were planning your great escape Well, you wouldn't write a letter, no You're better than that, you tell me to my face When your heart starts beating faster When you hear my steps down the old hallway just say, hey, I'm leaving home. And I never wore the clothes to make the people notice. And I guess I never read the script the way you wrote it. Cut and run time Is this the night of the long knives Make it fast Make it clear Make it clean I don't know What's worse Making a sow's ear from a silk purse Or to nurse a fire Long after the spark has gone Where you thought about leaving you long Stop believing you were planning your great escape to my face And your heart starts beating faster as you hear my steps down the old hallway Just say Hey, I'm leaving home Home 
that should invite you in Instead you run from home You can't relax And it shows, yeah it shows But God knows how it shows And your heart starts beating faster as you hear my steps in the old hallway. Just say, hey, I'm leaving. Oh, I'm leaving. Hey, I'm leaving Your guitar, mate. Thanks, man. Your guitaring is just sensational as well, Matt. It's, uh, yeah, it, yeah, I'm blown away, mate. Hey. I'm, I feel honestly, I, well, I said this to you. Pleasure to be here. Well, it is, and it's, it's, it's uh, I feel honoured to have you, it, it, and I'm, and I'm Thanks, sure a lot of the listeners to you too Cheers. as well. You. I love the fact that you put uh, beautiful uh, story and the truth, <laughs> and then <laughs> to express it with such emotion. Uh, I feel it, mate. I do. Great. Give me goosebumps. Thank you. <laughs> As I do, and uh, welcome back to the Men's Mental Health Show. Well, we didn't really go anywhere. Um, I'm here with Chris and uh, the tattooed Tyler. Uh, tattooed tradesman, I beg your pardon. You've got a side do business there, mate. You're going to do a bit of tiling. Do yeah, tiling so t- t- let's try yeah, that again. Go tiling. <laughs> I, I was tiling a couple of bathrooms recently, my own, and it's my wife came in and said, Matt, what are you doing? I think the neighbours think you've got Tourette's. Bloody freaking You know, so I, I don't really, I think it sorts out the, you know. The yeah, yeah well my, my partner, Jane Canfield, the painter, said to me this morning, make sure you don't swear on, on, on live on the radio. <laughs> being a, being a um, fifth generation builder, yeah, um, yeah. All yeah, my dad's course. brothers were builders. Right. He had sons, they were builders. They had sons, they're all builders. Yeah. Uh, you learn the uh, art of swearing the pretty lingo. early on. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of goes hand in hand. Yeah. I think it's, and it's also the great Australian way too, isn't yeah. it, really? Um, yeah, sometimes, look, you know, you're doing well so far, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, so you should be well. proud of yourselves. And I guess you, all that. Oh, you covering the bleeper button there? Yeah, I've got, I haven't got even one? got a dump button, Oop. but, you know, no, needless to say, we don't need it. No. Uh, should be proud of us, all those girls out there. You know, three blokes in a room, and we haven't managed. What are we? Thirty-five minutes in, pretty yeah, good. Pretty um, we're brought to you today, of course, by uh, Noel Pope uh, Brazen Growth. Uh, your very good mate, uh, Building Services and uh, Watson Insurance uh, Brokers. Um, and, uh, and I wish to uh, wish a, a big shout out to Andrew Hassel. Um, well, but before we were, uh, uh, we went to that beautiful song from Matt. We were talking about stigma as far as you know your appearance goes and, and just for the listeners and I'll, I'll put a photo on the page you've got a a line of where like a cracked skull would go you've not got really any hair um it goes across the top i guess the front of your head and, and from your neck down I, I, you, you're covered very yeah, much similar much. to say to uh, angry angry anderson yeah, or, pretty much. um 
And, uh, you know, f f first uh, appearance, first uh, uh, thing I noticed was your kind eyes. That's, you know, <laughs> when I, stood, I saw you, I said, G'day, Chris, how are you, mate? I, th I thought you, you looked like quite a kind fellow. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't pick that up, but I can, I can understand what you, you say or mean. And I guess the thought of going in and doing your, your, your tattoos, um, they're, ex I guess, uh, uh, I don't know, that they, expression of, of where you are at in your life at that time. I, I certainly don't think you're there to... You don't come across as the type of guy to say, hey, look, I've got tattoos, you know. No. Um, I, I always liked tattoos. In England growing up, there was an ice cream that you used to eat called the Haunted House. You used to peel the label off and there'd be a transfer on. I'd uh, stick them all over my body and they were always of, you know, Frankensteins and skulls and whatever else. And then when I started collecting tattoos at 18, I went to my tattooist who tattooed my sister. And at the time, he was just starting out in his business and he was the same age as me. And to this day, he's the only person that had ever tattooed me. Oh, really? And he's, he's 48, 49 now. So is he in... He's in, he's in Blacktown. Uh, Blacktown right. I'll put a plug out there for the Golden Needle Tattoo Studio mm -hmm. in Blacktown. Um, Shane and uh, John and his brother Chris, uh, family business. They've been tattooing since 1971 and they're, they're great tattooists and, and I always put my um, hide in good hands with, with mm -hmm. Shane and often I fall asleep when I'm getting tattoos. I've, I've actually got to go back yeah. in the next few weeks and get a few touch-ups on my neck and hands. I, I same same with mine. It's I, I <coughs> actually had mine done a bamboo in Thailand. Oh, uh, excellent! Yeah. You know, uh, they're my, my children' names, and uh, you know, silly one on the back of the, you know, which was uh, a Thai Buddhist sort of uh, one. But I, I fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> really but, but I, I had a couple of Long Island iced teas. Oh, I see. And um, as you know, a Long Island iced tea. Yeah. yeah, so. But I think with my with my tattoos, I don't like after having a very um, violent. A childhood and bringing up I don't like confrontation so mm. if you disguise your softness with something which is harsh people don't want to confront you mm. now the reason the tattoo tradesman came in I was uh, it was about 2016 and Jane my partner I'd come home from work and say oh I'm, I haven't got much work on I'm putting out quotes I'm not getting anything in maybe I'm scaring them as I come down the driveway. And she, she laughed and she goes, well, you should call yourself the tattoo tradesman. And I said, yeah. that's a stupid name. Well, why do I want to do that? And she said, well, you're preempting. Yeah. You're warning them you're heavily tattooed before you come down the and, driveway. And, and I guess you're softening it up by the approach by yeah. saying, I'm having a go at myself. Yeah, you know? that's right. And you know what? It works. <laughs> and it's, I've been busy ever since. Great. Yeah, really good. You're breaking stereotypes as well, mm. I suppose. I mean, you walk away from a job and the person's going, okay, I'm going to have to rethink what I... Well, I've got the, usually you can tell in society if people don't say anything, they don't like your tattoos. If they say something, they're quite open to tattoos. And look, today in society, 80% of people have got tattoos and it's actually quite fashionable now not mm. to have tattoos. Mm -hmm. um, my tattooist father said 10 years ago that in 10 years' time, which is now, it, it, it will be fashionable not to have tattoos. Yeah, right. Yeah, which it is, a clean skin. Yeah. So. Sounds... Um, Sounds pretty special, this Jane. Oh, she's pretty amazing. Um, so tell me, tell me a bit about Jane. She's an, an artist, is she? Yeah, or? Jane Canfield is. Uh, Her, yeah. Is um, a artist, a plein air artist, who's lived around the mountains for most of her life, and a lot of people would know her out there. Mm -hmm. And we got together in around about on and off 2014 to 2016, and then I sort of moved in because uh, I had nowhere to go <laughs> when my my ex-wife kicked me out. 
and uh, we've been together ever since and she and I are doing up a very old Cobbin Co Inn at Lidsdale, mm, uh, 1850s sandstone convict built Nice. and we do that up on weekends yeah. and Jane's got a studio where she paints and we drive around the countryside going camps on weekends in our camper van dot and take all the dogs with us and we camp and set up. I'm looking at it, sorry to yeah, interrupt, right. I'm looking at it now actually. You go to www.janecanfield, which is C-A-N-F-I-E-L-D, canfield.com um, or on Facebook and I'm looking at some of her work, my goodness gracious, uh, what a talent. Yeah, she's um, been painting now for a, yeah. a long, long time and yeah. I'm quite proud to say that I do all the framing for her now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take something, that's don't it, you? That's it. So, uh, you know, it's it's very hard for all artists to uh, finally show their work either through galleries. And Jane has mm. chosen a few few galleries around the place. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it, it's just a, a another niche that I do for Jane. Which, in a way, I'm doing it to say thank you because when I was hospitalised through my depression, if it wasn't for Jane, I would not be here. She mm. ha happened to be in the house at the right time yeah. and she could see and hear what I was talking about and she called the Katoomba uh, Community Mental Health Team right. and I had um, two ladies come out and they asked me some questions and I think they brought a, I, th I think, when I say I think, I'm, I'm left very hazy about this time in my life, I think they brought a doctor with them or a right. registrar and what I was talking about I wanted to end my life by taking my two dogs into my car yeah. and gassing myself with CO2, no, carbon monoxide. Yeah. And because being an ex-fire ex and rescue New South Wales member, I knew how dangerous carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide is yes. and it would be a, a no, no coming back. Mm. And I still don't know how to thank her for, for calling them and mm. they then recommended I voluntary uh, put myself into hospital. And yeah. I was in there for eight weeks. Were right. you at that point? I was just going to ask another question, which was if someone is in that situation, how do you fight through the resistance that would naturally be there as far as, you know, do you try and talk them out of it or do you basically just go? over their head and try and take it out of their hands and your hands in a sense. They're, this is what is very difficult because someone, look, first of all I've got to, I've got to say to people out there, um, feeling depressed and knowing you'll suffer from depression and being depressed is different than feeling depressed. Mm. So we can all feel depressed through life's changes, sure. um, whatever happens, or you know, have a fight with a loved one, lose a job. Whatever it is, um, that's a different type of depression to what yeah. we're sort of talking about here. Yeah. The depression which I'm talking about is, is a very um, chronic major depression where you can't get out of bed. Yeah, you shut the, everything's black. You won't want any light. No, you don't, nothing. And um, you hear these footballers, and I'm going to have a hit of these footballers, you hear them saying, oh, I was, I was depressed all throughout my football career for five years. Then how are you running up and down with a football? Mm -hmm. Because when you, when you are depressed... You, you can't do that. You can't do that. You physically yeah. is impossible. <laughs> I can take Phys physically, uh, if I <laughs> suffer from depression or start going sick, my voice changes, first thing. Mm. Uh, I become very, 
very physically different. I stoop, I walk slower. Um, of course, I don't want to look anyone in the eye, no. mm. but yeah. my voice is the, the highlight. And, you know, yeah. I know all the signs if I start playing yeah. music, uh, a certain song over and over again, if yeah. I start going out to jobs and thinking, oh, this job's too too hard for me mm. and making excuses not to do it, mm. I know I'm going on a downhill oh slope. Yeah. And that's happened, what, four <laughs> or five times in my life yep. since 2004 mm-hmm. when I first attempted suicide. Um, I managed to... I don't know if I managed to stop myself, but something told me don't do it. And what told me don't do it is the person that would have found me would have been a nine-year-old girl. Right. And I didn't want to have her see that. Mm-hmm. Have to carry that. For I the have to carry that for the rest of her life because mm. I know seeing sights when you're young of of injured injuries to people mm. does leave a little bit of scarring mm. to your mm. to your head. So that's. You know, when you talk about that, like I, I like to talk about the action of an emotion. Okay, mm. so that then is is a couple of things that you were considering at the time, and then there was guilt. Mm. For men, guilt is an enormous emotion because really it's 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 the frontier of a lot of our emotions. Mm. So you, behind guilt, really, is it, it's our front one. So behind guilt, we'll, we'll have anger. To, to not allow people to really get to the crux of, the of, of, who, of, of how bad we are underneath mm. as men. When mm. we get to the point of what you're talking about, Chris. Mm. So we, we, will, we will basically hide behind that. And, and, and when people have gone, we will turn that guilt or, or that anger into a deep sadness. Mm. Mm. And I describe it as being in a, in a pit with, with clay walls. We all want to get out but it's so slippery and and you just described exactly when you when you say in my voice now i've got a mate that i talk about him every week wes and he says to me i can hear it in your voice and, and same with my old man pete mm. he can hear it in my voice um you know and, and you know if, if for the listeners if you listen back last week to this week you could probably tell the difference in my voice mm. i'm back to normal this week but it's so true you know mm. You, you don't want to look people in the eye. No, yeah. And, it, you know, it, it's a horrible thing. It is. I would sooner have a, a limb missing mm-hmm. than, uh, than have anything mentally, mentally wrong with me, either be that unipolar, bipolar, whatever they call it, one, two mm. or three now, no depression, it doesn't matter, or schizophrenia or anything. Mm. I would sooner lose a limb and give up a limb than have, than have that or to know I might. And the, and the fear for me, like I'm not really a... I do worry that I'm going to go down that track again, but all the time I take my medication on time every day and don't abuse myself, no. I know that I'm fine. But I know I've got to take this medication for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. I'll just, just quickly on that, I, um, I've only really been taking certain medication. I mean, I was, I was on Prozac for some time, and then, you know, before that, something else. I mean, you know, I don't know. I got off the antidepressant, but I've been put on something which is. Uh, an anti-epileptic, you know, it's called epilim, and it's 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 a it's not as strong as say, um, 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 what's the other one that's out there, lithium. Mm. But um, mate, I tell you, it's it's worked wonders for me. It's it's Brilliant. it really has. It's it's been you know, and I thank my doctor for that. But but I was told about it in nineteen eight wow. to do it. I was told about it in two thousand six to do it, 
and it comes across as the same thing we were talking about with stigma. Mm. Um, I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to accept it. I remember telling some good mates of mine in my cricket team, Rob McGovern, in 2006, where you know I spent four weeks in hospital, and um, you know eight weeks after coming out, I was like, I don't ever want to talk about it. I don't ever want to talk about it. Don't want to be reminded. And I don't. If you t- and I was like that with my mates. I used to, I gave them a look like, don't ever talk about it with me again. Mm. And it was like they were almost scared when they saw the way I said it to them. It's a guilt. And, and it is. Mm. It comes back to the guilt. Mm. Um, and but I said it with a with a sternness, you know. Mm. So I did. I could have I could have that look where you know I, I could I could be blue, anyone. A blue steel know? look. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Or steel blue look, yeah. you know. But um, you know it does, and it comes back to that. I think what Matt was saying about how did you go over their head, and if you got a mate and say, "Right, I'm calling someone." It's it's a funny situation because when you've been thinking about committing suicide for such a long time and when you take those steps to actually do it, you actually seem a little bit brighter. You'll actually seem to come out and they'll Mm. go, oh, he's coming out of his depression a little bit. He's a bit happy this week. But by the end of that week, it might be too late because Mm. you know how it is. You you start thinking about depression and then your mind stops. Mm. You think about it a little bit more, then your mind kicks back. Stop it. Stop thinking like that. And then until it becomes all-consuming, it's all you ever think about. And then it sort of... Returns again, like now you're thinking less about it because you actually want to do it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I think, and I may have said it last week. If you have someone in that situation, and you and I have both been there, yeah, and you're worried about, say, for yourself, Matt, and you, if you come across somebody that is, or anyone out there that's listening, my advice is say something, mm. or you say something from a deep place of love then you don't need to worry about anything yeah and you know if you think about that okay we can all say something from a place of love like you say something from your heart like so much i care about you Mm. this is how much you mean to me if you go the impact you'll have um you know those types of things like what chris was saying the impact that if he did this on that nine-year-old girl would have mm. been the rest of her life she would have carried PTSD mm. and she that that would have that could have impacted her on her marriage yeah. on her kids mm. on all sorts of things so that, that, that that's what you call a trauma a life trauma and you don't ever forget them you know so it's, it's, that was I mean to do that the strength Greece. Oh, it was you know you talk about strength and, and the courage mate you know um my, my dad, who taught me all my trades, um, had lived with my mum through all her mental health and he had to go to work and look after three kids. And he's an immensely strong personality, strong character. Um, but he said to me when he took me out, I can't remember, I, I must have had about three hours relation up here at the hospital and he took me out for a coffee. And um, he he patted me on the back and he said, come on, you know, you've got to you've got to get well again because there's so many people that love you out there mm-hmm. and you're so good at what you do. Oh, yeah. You know, you're one of the best tradesmen on the mountains. What just honestly, you know, just keep taking your medication and it'll, it'll come good. And it, I was in there for what seemed forever and nothing was happening until I talked to the psych and I said, look, 
this medication's not working and they were sort of me pushing me down the ECT line mm. and I went, okay, I'll, I'll have ECT. And that was um, down at Piala and you have to book in there and you have it um, twice a week for around about six weeks. <coughs> and I went there. <laughs> Honestly, the place was a madhouse. I mean, it was just... There was yeah. It was just the worst place to see and it was constant. It was 24 hours a day, noise, people yelling, people Not walking a calm up environment. There. Not a calm environment to be getting this sort of, <coughs> you know, volts putting through your brain. Mm. And mm. next morning I woke up and I felt decidedly quite better and I rang my Jane up and I said, come and get me, I want to get out of here. And I went and spoke to the, the doctor who was on and he gave me an assessment um, again, a verbal assessment or a written assessment like the K10 scale. And he says, I don't think you actually um, qualify for this, so why don't you head back to Katoomba and just give your medication another week? Yeah. And he was an Indian doctor, I don't even know his name, but he gave me the best advice and I, I stuck by it. And then within the last, I don't know, week, the medication started to kick in, but it took eight weeks to kick in. Yeah. This is another thing too, people don't understand it. They go to the doctor, they're feeling blue, they're feeling depressed. They do the K10 scale, multiple guests, they fill that in. The doctor says, well, okay, you seem depressed. I'll put you on a, um, an SSRI tablet, which a pharmaceutical company has given mm. me heaps of, and I yep. need to pump that. Yep. And they think that they're going to take it and they're going to feel instantly better. And, of course, they don't feel better, so they, oh, I won't bother taking that then. Yeah, oh, I feel bad. They'll take twice as much. Mm -hmm. And people then become self-medicated <coughs> and they start to... And you wonder why... And they're mixing it with, you know, either illegal drugs or other um, pharmaceutical prescriptions and they're self-medicating, which mm -hmm. is a real bad thing, mm -hmm. and a lot of people do do it. But if, if, you're, if you're savvy and you, if you know what's going on, you mm. just stick to medication. And I've been through probably 15, 20 medications before yeah, this yeah. has worked. I think, I think the important thing is too is when you go to a place is you just give, give in to it. Give, let yourself go and give in to it because mm. if you fight it, it's oh, not going to yeah. work. I just had a, a message from someone who's, who's saying that, look, you know, it is, it's quite triggering what we're saying. And, you know, it's my opinion, and again, it's my opinion, and this is why I do this show is... is that I want it to be raw mm. and I want it to be real and I want it to be emotional and I, I, I do this because I believe it helps with awareness, understanding and breaking through the barriers of this subject of mental health. So there are institutions, as I said, Lifeline, or if you are feeling and in that mood, otherwise you can always switch off, um, but at the same time, call your GP. But I, 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 and it's only my, this is why I do this show, is because I, I firmly believe this is the way that we need to do this to create. You can't sugarcoat it. You can't sugarcoat that's it. That's what I mean. And you have to tell it as it is. And unfortunately, in this PC world we live in, and I'm most un PC person ever, mm. uh, you can't sort of go around around things like mental health. You've got to go straight through it. That's take right. It on. I, 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 and I'm the same. Right? Yeah. yeah. In, 90, in 92, I, um, there was an organisation around called ARAFME, which is Association yeah. of Friends and Relatives of Mentally Ill. And I ran a 24-hour run around the local Oval down in Glenbrook to raise money and awareness for um, teenage mental health issues. And the money I raised went to make a pamphlet aimed at um, teenagers 
who are suffering, you know, arth- HSC, stress of HSC, mm. you know, if they're feeling any changes in their their persona or diet or or how they're you know feeling a bit withdrawn, and it was went around to schools and mm. to uh, church groups and, and all the rest of it. So, mm. Mm. we might um, might have a have another song if yeah. that's okay. We're here with Chris, sorry, the um, the tattooed tradesman. Um, but just before we, we do go into uh, the song, we, we um, uh, I think uh, we, we came across each other through a mutual friend of ours, yeah. uh, Georgina Koo, who's, uh, who's got her own show coming up, and um, it's called Love Our Locals. And uh, I think what Georgina's doing in the community is, um, is enormous. Uh, for those that don't know Georgina, she uh, has a local dance studio down there in, uh, in Lawson, I think. Um, she also does the Wuthering Heights, uh, which check out her page, uh, Georgina Koo, which is K-H-O-O. Um, but her show is, uh, it really does, it celebrates the wonderful individuals who contribute to, to our community, either in their daily jobs or through volunteering their time to community groups, services and events. Um, and we ask that if you know someone or a group in our Blue Mountains or outer regions who are making a difference, um, then give Ge- Georgina... Uh, drop her a line on, on her email, which is georgina at rbm.org.au. Uh, she'd love to hear from you, perhaps interview you. Yep. And, um, yeah, uh, yeah, so uh, get you on a show. She's a lovely lady. All right, Maddie, give us something. All right. So um, <clears throat> this is a, a little tune called Gemstone, which I haven't played for a long time. And this is a song about finding your way out of depression, I suppose. Mm. And it just occurred to me that uh, it might be topical. Perfect. salt would ruin it turn it from wine to acid a burnt offering spoils the banquet to mouth 
Construct the fragments Raise a home from the ashes When exit pools like a magnet Drop the magnet Sunlight magnifies your fears Whenever it's not clear You're a gemstone You're a gemstone I see sunlight your fear whenever it's unclear you're a gemstone you're a gemstone cut from the rock of ages oh man Oh, man. Thank you. Awesome lyrics. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Ah, yeah. uh, oh, just awesome. I just love songs with good, good meaning and lyrics in it. Mate, I, I, honestly, that's, uh, I think that's about his 10th song now, and um, not one of them hasn't been relevant to the topic Jeez. of what we're discussing. It's, uh, but he's written, I don't know, he's probably written near 100 songs, so he's well, got no excuses, well. has he? A you know. couple of them are happy songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not. No, that's, that's I, I mean, basically, you know, it's, it's funny. Some people say to me um, that the purpose of music, and one particular person says to me this the other day, and I was like, okay. I said, the purpose of music is to basically make you happy, to make you oh, excited, you know, to, to make you feel a joy. Oh, and I said, no. well, no, because I have to pull you up on this one because music is a language <laughs> and any language should be able to express, express. the gamut of emotions that we yeah. have from abject distress and upset to you know tearing joy mm. and um, you know for me my my happy place is sort of not outright joy but a more human sort of on the a tinge of melancholy mm just to understand that you're this far away from sadness, we're fra so fragile. Mm. All the time. All, All the time. time. Yeah. All the mm. time. And to actually just distract yourself constantly with constant excitement 
and um, you know joy, I suppose. It's a kind of a drug. Right. Well, and also, you know, if you want to be the other person who's constantly down and moping, yeah. we're not talking about the depression you're mm. talking about, mm. inescapable depression, but to constantly be saying, oh, I'm, you know, and I've been that person at times. Oh, oh yeah. God, I things aren't going have. well. Yeah. But just to be understanding that, you know, we're this far from joy and this far from sadness and to, you know, just to enjoy the gamut of human emotions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the greatest songwriters of, uh, you know, during the 90s is a guy called Richard Ashcroft. And, uh, oh, yeah. I love his stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's a lot the out there. Yeah, the verb, or yeah. you know, mm. you know, it's a bittersweet symphony. This life, you're a slave to money, then you die. Yeah. Uh, what a great line! Um, but look, as you say, like it, music isn't. It's not all. It's not all bloody whistling bells and happiness. It's, no. it's not what life is. That's mm. not what it is. Well, you uh, only you listen know. to country and western music. Yeah, tells you that. Yeah, that's well, the three yeah. chords and the truth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um, you know, it's it is, mate. It is a language. It is your mm. right to express. It is, you know, um, you know. Uh, you listen to some of Joni Mitchell stuff. It's it's oh happy yeah, and it's, it's sad. sad. It's the whole mm. lot. It's, mm. um, you know. Uh, either way, mate. I'd, uh, you got no complaints from me, mate. So if you Good. need me to go and talk to this bloke, I'll I'll have a <laughs> word. All right. <laughs> I'll send Chris over. All right. He yeah. can. Hey. He was of a certain religious persuasion. <laughs> all right. Oh, Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're joining. Uh, we're back here with Chris, the uh, the tattooed tradesman. I've got it right this time. And uh, Maddie Tonks, and um, myself, Brad Spillane, on the men's um, mental health show. Um, also got a, a, a big announcement to make. I've I've got a, I've just got myself a uh, a major sponsor. In other words, to sponsor every show for the wow. year. Um, and I want to thank uh, a, a mate of mine, Dale Hunt, who's the uh, chief executive officer, or uh, I don't know if he's, he's, sorry, he's not CEO yet, he's the uh, chief officer of uh, Mounties Group down there at Mount Pritchard, uh, the largest uh, club in, in the Southern Hemisphere. But, um, mate, uh, thanks. It, it means a lot to me, Dale, um, you know, and uh, I'm looking forward to actually going down this afternoon. I'll see Sue. And, uh, yeah, cheers. I, I still need some, some more. I'd like to have another two or three of those. Um, but uh, that's my first major sponsor, along with Noel Pope, who's, who's of course, sponsored every show to date. Um, they're a lovely thing. So I'd like to get another two uh, to sum that up. Um, that, that would help us uh, get things done here, another console, another desk, which we're looking at, which is pretty old, um, and also another one of these. I don't know what you call it here on my left-hand side, but everything's starting to get dated. We've got a new antenna that's been put in, and, you know, I've had a couple of shows that didn't record because of server issues, so things need to be updated. And then we're community radio, we're all volunteers, although we are doing big things in the community. I think uh, this show's really breaking through some barriers. And every week it's gaining momentum and it's getting larger and larger and larger, and that goes by the amount of listeners um, that we're picking up through the Mixcloud, um, through the, the response of the people that are listening live, the text messages I've, I get. I've, I've had about 14 so far whilst we've been... So and we just thought you were being rude. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I do listen. I'm, I'm able to do that. Is yeah. I'm listening, and, and you know, and I'm you know, I'm doing a couple of things at the same time. Um, let's just m m move forward now. I want to, uh, if it's okay with you, Chris, I want to talk about relationships with you. Um, <laughs> you. You say you've been married a few times, and the reason why I want to talk about them is, um, I sense that because of this issue with mum mm. some abandonment 
Yep. Okay. Which you know, it's, it's you know, normal with right. someone that goes through something in your situation. So, mm. I want you uh, to just sort of take me through some of the just briefly and brief your, your, your yeah. marriages. Um, you, you touched on that abandonment. Um, you know, getting mixed messages about love. So if someone, if someone punishes you and hits you and makes you feel pain, then they pick you up and say sorry and they love they love you. Yeah. You get this uh, real mixed message about. What love is. What love is. Yeah. So right. my first uh, relationship, which turned into a marriage, um, the young lady, she had bipolar, which was called hypomania back then. Mm. And I stuck by her through a lot of thick and thin. This is in the early 90s. And uh, she was in and out of hospitals. And we were together. We married. The marriage broke down because I was busy doing another uh, adventure, a volunteer adventure with uh, search dogs. And I suppose it, I wasn't really there for her when I should have been, and that failed. And I then moved on to a second wife who lived in the mountains here, and we travelled a lot. We went overseas a lot, and she would then she was very physical towards me as well uh, when she used to drink, and that sort of brought back memories of when I was young, and that was uh, that was really terrible. Uh, and I have to tell one thing: uh, we went to uh, a marriage counsellor uh, person, I won't say where or who it was, and she asked me that question, when you get hit, what does it remind you of? And I said, well, you know, it takes me back to when I was a child, you know, virtually she goes, mm -hmm. and she said this to her, and I quote verbatim, well, you must have said something to deserve being hit. The, the counsellor said, counselor said that. that to me, and I just stood up and I went, money oh, back. Lord. Cough up the money. I want you know, it's, it, uh, you almost feel when you hear that, like, mm. uh, you know, if, if that was a, a, a lawyer or if it was oh, somebody, yeah. you know, they, they'd be wiped from their job. Yeah, for sure. Um, or if it was a, a... It's free reign, really. Yeah, or if it's a, a male psychologist yeah. saying that to a... To a woman. Woman, oh, yeah. look out, it'd be yeah. all over the place. And I, I sort of... Yeah, anyway, that I mean, not that we want to have it strictly done by a book or, yeah. you know, but, you know, I, I, there should be freedom in what they're allowed to say. And, and I'm with you, but, but, mate, that's... It's not only women who are getting physically, mentally and even um, monetarily abused in yeah. relationships. It's also... Men as well. That's, that, it's men as absolutely, well. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. We're losing seven of us a day and we're not doing it because of one thing, you well, know. I knew of a guy that was a truck driver and he'd always turn up you know, onto a site with bruises over his face and he said, oh, he got it from, you know, drinking too much at the pub or whatever. You got and it, it was his wife. Drunk. His yeah. wife was punching him up when he was coming home drunk. Yeah. yeah. Really abusing him. And uh, He was going to the pub probably because he was getting beaten up and it was just not, I, I'm sure, yeah. it was, yeah, know, it was exactly. a wicked both ends. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's always, you know, we've got this um, speak up um, about this Harvey Weinstein guy in, in America, you know, uh, virtually getting women to sleep their way to the top of a movie thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and look, that's been going on from time immemorial. But it's not just men, no. it's women yeah. as well that can do that. They can, you know, entrapment the whole yeah. life. Yeah. I sort of situations. wonder when we're going to reach a time as, or whenever, uh, you know, evolutionary social place where we don't question the truth of what people say you know it's like to think that we know better yeah but if it's if it's mm. always going to be mm. politically correct out there you're always going to get someone that's oh i was offended for what he said i was offended for what mm. he had on his shirt well if you are you're not going to die of offense mm. 
you know, just turn the other way. Be, just be offended. Be offended yeah. and get on with it. Mm. Yeah. You, you know, look, it's the whole Me Too, I think it's gone, it's gone too far. The mm. scales have... It, we just need to yeah, get Yeah, we're it. out of balance. We yeah. just need to get it balanced. Yeah, that's um, right. And I, and I, mean, I, I'm, I think... The fact that it's a voice... Is, is a good thing. I think it's a terrific thing. But everything thing. tends to sort of swing like a pendulum until mm. it finds its mm. place, mm. doesn't it? I That's mean, right. Look, I don't think, uh, you know, I, uh, this show is, uh, you know, I, uh, I said to you before we, we came on air that the whole purpose of this show is to, is to break down a barrier, is mm. to go through, um, you know, be raw, be emotional. And, and, I, and it's, it's just my opinion. It's just what I want to do. But... Um, is to finish something on, on, a, on a positive note. And mm. I think that we've got a lot of stuff now in the media that doesn't want to do that because the whole point of, of getting people angry or getting them upset is giving them ratings. Is mm. You know, hot news is always about fear. It's giving them ratings, it, you know, and, and this type of stuff is really just... You know, I think a lot of it is fuelled. Mm. Um, but, you know, let, let's... Uh, Let's get some more positivity yeah. through the whole thing. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's fantastic. You know, I have a lovely blokes like yourself coming on and, and, and doing this. You know, I, I'm sitting opposite you, and I see, I can see you when you're talking. You're getting emotional and a bit teary. Mm. Um, that's the type of stuff that we, you know. Well, you I'm talk about um, uh, relationships, and relationships, like it or not, come with emotion, and that can be same-sex relationships, like uh, like um, two mates, yeah. not as in gay mates, but yeah. just two mates, and that. That can be classed as a relationship uh, because, you know, you're swinging off of each other and, you know, you're feeding each other with your, what you're feeling. And I've got to come to this, and I've, I've got to say it, what's up with those car stickers? It's too, it's not weak to speak. Yeah. It's, you know, it's okay to speak. It's, mm. it's not weak to speak. It never has been. No. It never has been too weak to speak. Mm. But there is that stigma of men that, oh, she'll be right, you don't talk about it, stiff up a lip, blah, blah, blah. And... Thankfully, these people are dying off because they're the old school. Mm. You know, people mm. my dad's age and that in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. That's how they were brought up. You don't talk about emotion. You don't mm. show any weakness. It's it's weak. It's sissy. It's you know all that sort of stuff. But it it it's never been too weak to speak. It's, it's always been there. Yeah. It's just that we don't we don't do it because and unfortunately in today's society, life gets in the way. You know, kids yeah. or homes or jobs or social media everyone's putting things on you can be whoever you want behind a bloody screen yeah and this yeah. is what they're finding now is young kids won't look at people in the eye because yeah. they're so used to looking at something yeah. two-dimensional it's exactly right i, I invite those people mm. that, that that think what i'm doing is uh sissy or you know it's it's, it's you know not, or to harden up i invite you <coughs> to, to to put a comment on my facebook page and let's have a discussion um if you want to make a name up call me 0404 text me or send me an email. I'd love to just have a discussion with someone that's a bit like that. I, t I tell you, I, I, I had uh, a client of mine, a real hard man, mate. He sold, I'm um, sorry, he, he played for three or four football teams back in the day when, you know, coat hangering someone was the right thing to do. Mate, the way he's changed, and I haven't seen a lot of him in the last couple of years, but he's, when I first met him, he was a hard, hard man. Some people would say he may, may have been standover back in the day of, you know, the King's Cross in, in, the, in the late 70s. Squad. <laughs> he was. He was like, he was a hard, hard man. But he's changed a lot, you know. And, and look, my father wasn't really a hard man, but he's changed. Mm. And, and I think we are men, are, we are changing. Mm. You know, my, my father is, is so much more compassionate. He's, 
never really been a great listener, although he was an exceptional salesman. I don't think you can be <laughs> a great salesman unless you are a good listener. But, but you know, there's such thing as listening to others and listening to family. But he, he is. He's changing. Um, and I think, you know, on that, we are changing. And there is not, it, there's not as many people that were hiding, you know, mm. four or five years ago. Mm. I often say to people when they come on, what have you noticed that's changed, particularly the people that are in the profession, okay, psychologists, psychologist, whatever. What do you notice that's changed from 10 years ago, five years ago to today? Okay? And that's what they'll say. The first thing that they'll talk about is that people are speaking up or that, you know, there's not so many people mm. that, you know, they're coming forward with their compassion mm. or understanding. And I think, yeah. I think that's, that's something that we should be, you know, we should recognise, we should... Yeah say is a, um, you know, a, is a good thing, but mm. there's still many, many out there, mate. There's many, and they're all hiding. Yeah. You know. um, and it's sad that it is too. Like, um, I've known a few people that have taken their lives who were close to me, and, you know, that's a trauma too. You know, you think about their families that have been left behind and, yeah. you know, and left unanswered. You know, they've ne not left a note or, mm. you mm. know, they've just up and done it for no reason. Yeah. And um, there was one gentleman who... Um, took his life he was a firefighter out Lithgow way and not many people knew this but uh, he was a Royal Marine in the Falklands War oh. and he was a medic my and goodness. the Falklands War was a very underestimated oh war it was a very close contact oh combat war and there was a lot of injuries and he was one of the medics there and he saw some things which obviously has followed him around most of his life and bomb yeah just yeah and, and um, it, he took his own life which is so sad He's a great guy, great guy. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. Oh, mate, you know, mm. I, I, yeah, I had a chap on a couple of weeks ago and, you know, it was kudos to him. Unfortunately, the server broke down, so I couldn't really... But uh, some, of the, some of his stories uh, still stick with me, you know. Mm. Mm. And, and, you know, I wonder how he lives with it. He, he copes with his triggers through uh, going to the gym or... But I reckon that's self-punishment, a lot of what he's doing, you know. Mm. He's doing that. Mm. He's not so much because he doesn't want to sort of, you know, because that's what PTSD does. Mm. You want to, I guess, punish yourself a lot of the time, these guys. They get out there and they'll, they'll you know, they'll, they'll go and jump out of the planes or ride. Well, yeah, I mean, that's therapy they want some people, adrenaline and, 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 and that's, look, that's okay too. One person's therapy is another person's punishment. Punishment, that's exactly, <laughs> Matt, what you said is right. Um, having uh, you're going and doing extreme sports for instance or um, you know that's great but another person might go and write songs or, or yeah. paint. do whatever paint or yeah. do up an old house or keep themselves busy and I do find that I know I've suffered from PTSD in the past um, it's all controllable it's through I suppose the medication I'm on as well but mm. also guys our age I wish I knew what I knew now what yeah. I didn't when I was 18 yeah, you know, we you get past that sort of like forty-five plus age bracket, and you start to become a little bit more wiser, and a little yeah. bit more rational, <laughs> and you think about things more. Like I even said to Jane the other day, I'm finding it really great driving below the speed limit and just cruising. <laughs> I'm getting better fuel economy in my big V8. Um, but I was always rushing around when I was younger. I was always yeah. busy, 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 and yeah. I've changed. Where you going? Yeah. Oh, just that's right. It's just. Yeah. Just crazy stuff, but like, you do slow down as you get older. Yeah, I mean, I'm slowing down, I guess, with the way I, I talk. That's the first thing my father says to me of late is, 
You're more articulate, Bradley. Yeah, you're slowing down. It, I, I find, I guess, you know, because I'm 45, I'm, I find I'm a little bit more humble. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I've had a mate that, you know, I talk about Wes, and he, he you know, he, he has situations being a plumber, you, not every, you know, job you do is, is going to be good or bad. No. And I always talk to him about a thing called humble pie. Eat humble um, pie. Eating humble pie. Sometimes it's a great thing. Mm. It's, it's just do it. Like you do it. You do it in, in your relationship. That's a good yeah. place to start. Is yeah. even when you know you're all right. Yeah. Just, just go forward and say you're. And we're doing that. Mm. You know, Matt. You you you've always come across to me as, as a bloke that is extremely humble. That's um, very much. I talk about earthly people grounded. Um, and you do. You come across to me as, as, as you've always been like that. Like, well, I don't I'm the youngest of six, so I, I think I was pretty much wow. told when I was <laughs> doing the right or wrong <laughs> thing. Right. Oop, keep your head down, boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but a great listener. And, you, and the way that you express that in your music as well, it's, it's, it's humble. Mm. Well, I've always... I mean, w what we're talking about here a lot is the inner world, you know, the world that takes up so much of our being but is not spoken of except our own conversation with ourselves you yeah know? our own voice yeah and i think the more of us who are more aware of our inner world and the fact that this person sitting next to me has an inner world that everything that we talk about is not just colored by what's happening right now but the things that have happened in our inner world mm. you know just having that empathy is a, a, an important there you go, step. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think uh, um, also we've got to bring care back into things, like caring what's happened to someone, mm. um, like you know, meeting you, Brad, and learning from, uh, what you've spoken to me about. Is having empathy for that person as well mm. will make will make you both feel a little bit closer and yeah. more sort of um, understanding of each other, where you've yeah. been, um, and we we don't seem to do that a lot these days like you take a lot of people they get in the car in the morning they press a button they go out the garage door they drive to work do the work they come back they press the button they go back in the garage door and Ground you never off. see them and your neighbours never see each other mm. Mm. you know that's the beauty about living up here in the mountains at least you get to see your, your people who you're living next well, to well we do hide on weekends that's a thing <laughs> isn't it I do anyway I never <laughs> want to get out there's too many bloody people but no in saying that I think you're right I mm. mean you know, the, the cafes are full. We talk to people. Yeah. You go down the street, you say hello. Mm. You, you know, it's, it's personable. You know, there's, there's, not, there's not a lot of people that drive fast up here, I know. No. It's, um, Why it did I get too slow down this week? <laughs> you know, but we do have things that run on mountains time, you know, mm. where, you know, hey, man, I'll be there, whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> really cool. You know. like, I remember the first game of bloody cricket or fadey. We didn't start till one thirty. <laughs> Normally, because it's a one o'clock start, and, and everyone will get there at twelve. Yeah. You know, not a minute past an hour before. You know, we went in there, we set up, we'd have a chat and everything else. Right, five minutes to go. Right, ready, set, go, bang. Here in the mountains, it's like, don't worry about it, mate. It's all going to be fine. Don't worry. We're still playing, and these lightning in the background. It's yeah. like, God, I think we should get off the field. No, don't worry about it. It's okay. You know? <laughs> I grew up in a place, a guy called Justin Bale at soccer practice, a mate of mine, Dave Potter, the bloke got hit by lightning. Oh. Yeah. That's it's where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> got straight out. But, um, 
Mate, it's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Chris, to have you come in today. No worries. Um, really appreciate it, mate. Um, you know, you, the, the insight that you've had, I think um, you do talk um, when you say uh, to me, uh, 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 there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're quite an empathetic guy. Thanks. Um, but I think you're quite straight as far as talking, you know. Um, you certainly don't come across to me somebody that's scary or <laughs> intimidating. So nah. if you should you meet him, he, he's a kind-looking fellow. I really mean that, and uh, if you, if you, all the people that are listening, the tattooed tradesmen, I, I honestly don't think you can go wrong. Oh four three one four six eight six three seven. That's not why he came on here today. He's he's had a uh, beautiful story, and 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 I'm sure there's a lot more that you could share. Um, and and I'd love to have you back if you if you care yeah, to come back time, sometime. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jane, when you talk about you, you, you could just tell us, a, you know, a bit more about Jane. You guys have been, how long have you been together? I've oh, been together about five, six years now, mm. about five years. And What's the key to your happiness? What do you think is... Laughter. Laughter? Yeah, fl- being able to laugh at yourself first. Yes. And being able to laugh with your partner. When I first met Jane, I didn't think she'd have a really good sense of humour or understand my sense of humour. Right. But over the years bits rubbed off from her on me and mine on her and yeah we laugh all the time we always see the funny things in life we we talk about things we do funny accents <laughs> um <laughs> I, I practical joke do practical jokes with her all the time mm. i think the key to it and i should know about relationships because i've had four marriages uh the key is um ne- never un- never thinking you own a person when you marry them you know a lot of the times people think oh yeah well, i own that person now and i can own everything what they do you don't, male or female, they're still a free free person to do whatever they like. Um, but with Jane especially, she's she knows where she's at in life. She's She's been married, she's had, you know, all the troubles that have been people's troubles, male or female, and now she's at that stage in life where she's just after 50 years old. She knows who she is, she knows what she's doing, she knows where she's, what she's about. And I'm sharing that with her, and that's my reward. That's beautiful, mate. That's my reward. It's a balanced person, someone who's, who smiles every morning and is always happy, um, never complains, and can express through her painting. If she's feeling frustrated, it can be expressed through her painting. I'll see through the brush. She doesn't know this. You don't know this, Jane. But I can watch <laughs> through her brush strokes how she's feeling. And that means I'm really getting to know her really that's well. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's a lovely, <laughs> lovely thing to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Brett and uh, Matt, for, for having me on. It's, it's been a real pleasure talking. Um, I love talking about stuff. You're, you're unreal, mate. <laughs> you really are. You're, 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 your insight is far ahead of your years. No, thank you. You're, uh, you're, you're a terrific man, and uh, I think you've, you've given a lot of my listeners a terrific understanding and insight, which is everything that we wanted to achieve today. Fantastic. And more, That's mate. great. I mean that, and more. Um, you know, so uh, if that if that motivates one person who knows another person who's having a hard time, yeah. uh, like like Brad said, go and talk to them. Uh, go and get them to talk to their GP. That's really important. Yeah. Is their, their family doctor, and I'll say that to them what people said to me. It will get better. Yeah, time it, becomes your friend. It does. It it will pass. This time will pass. If you're feeling down, blue, melancholy, depressed, whatever you want to call it. And it's starting to affect your day-to-day. Seek to have some treatment. Talk to some people, professionals, and it will pass. Yes. 
think, I think that, that that's uh, 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 that's everything that you can possibly ask. Well, it, it, you know, from if you're going through a tough time in your life, mm. is to understand that it will pass, but to give in to the system. And in other words, don't fight it. So, um, I, I strongly recommend to people to have private health insurance. I understand that it is expensive. So just get hospital cover. Um, that's an important thing. And I say that just, just because there are sensational, exceptional public um, uh, uh, hospitals or institutions or, or help out there. But the private sector allows a calm um, and inviting environment. Some of them will have uh, pools where you can do some hydrotherapy or gyms or or whatever, um, and, and they'll give you uh, groups where you can get understanding of cognitive behavioural therapy or dialectical behavioural therapy, all those types of things. So get yourself some hospital cover, um, but also know, and um, you know, you can contact me at, at brad underscore spillane at yahoo.com.au or on my Facebook page, um, and, and I can help you with uh, directions as far as uh, getting some help which is free, and that's free psychology or counselling, as well as psychiatry, um, but first and foremost, as Matt, uh, sorry, as, uh, as <laughs> Chris said, um, get yourself to the GP to seek some help. Matt, mate, I'm going to get you to take us out in a moment with a song. But yeah. uh, thanks again, buddy. Um, Pleasure, Chris. Once more, thank you. Uh, cheers, mate. Love you, brother. I'll get a photo of us all in it too, and I'll put that up uh, just before we go. Just a reminder. You know, today's brought to us by Noel Pope. I love you, mate. You're a legend, Noel. I hope you're having a great time with uh, your lovely wife, Deb. You deserve it, mate. You've worked so hard. Uh, Brazen Growth, Behind the Smile. Don't forget, 27th of September, DYRSL Club. Give Alina your call 0403 002. Your very good, mate, building services, Cow Hunter. 0414 is your competition here, Chris. 517-520. Good bloke, mate. You want to meet him. Uh, Watson Insurance Brokers, watsontc.com. Reeves Property Group down there in Manly. Thanks, Ricky Reeves. And uh, I want to wish all the best to Andrew Hassel, um, uh, mate, who's going through a horrible time at the moment. Uh, yeah, money. Uh, I'm thinking of you. All my love. And don't forget the walk and talk, guys. Finally, the walk and talk that's on a course on uh, on Thursday, 6.15. I think it's outside Mesa Barrio down there at Lawson. Uh, the, the restaurant, uh, which is, of course, near the Lawson News Agency. Uh, so there's free coffee from uh, from what I hear. Uh, and then that walk and talk is on Thursdays at 6.15. This is the Men's Mental Health Show. We're getting taken out by Matt Tonks. Thanks, folks. Love you, buddy. Love you all. See you next week. Bye.
Maddie, beautiful. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Have a awesome. great week, people. See you next week.